0: All right, we are live. So today I'm going to be interviewing the second half of the Sapatero Invitational heavyweight title fight, Mr. Chad Fields. He's actually out somewhere in Miami having lunch right now. So he's uh, he's going to be whining and dining and talking some smack with us. But uh, before we do that, let's give a couple shout-outs to some of the sponsors. So obviously first, my company, Nogi Nation, www.nogination.com. You can go over there, get all your Great Nogi products, fuck the IBJJF rash guards, Starlord rash guards, all that fun shit. But most importantly, the company that pays me money and keeps me safe, Liberty Ammo, right? These guys have had my back since day one of the podcast. Um, Sorry, I'm sharing this now. And they are the only defensive ammunition I will use when it comes to protecting myself, my loved ones, my home, my property, all that fun stuff. Uh, wearing one of their shirts again today. Their 9 millimeter ultralight is a revolutionary piece. It's half the weight of your standard round with twice the velocity. And uh, I can't recommend that enough. But all their defensive rounds are amazing. So, I mean, I have it for my, my 1911 as well. So, I, I carry it in 45 as well as 9 millimeter but, yeah, make sure you go to libertyambo.com, Use code Starlord for 10% off your order and uh, keep yourself safe. So let's get Chad on here and let's uh, have some fun. So, Chad, where are you right now?
1: Uh, we are at um, – what is the name of this place? Neguri? Negroni. Ne- ne- Negroni. Down in and the um, design district. All
0: right, all right. So you're
1: fucking living it up today. Always. Every day. Every day in Miami, we're living it up. Had uh, a good meeting, uh, lunch meeting with my boy, Dory. Hang on a second. Hey, what's up, Dorian? What are you guys doing? What's up, man? So our, our meeting, our, we ran over a little bit, so I apologize. Uh, but this is where we are, and uh, it's a beautiful day in Miami. We just had an awesome lunch here, and I recommend this place. Awesome, man. So,
0: dude, that's the fucking joys of the heavyweight life. Like, I just got done having some tacos and a couple beers. So, I mean, I, I fucking <laughs> love being able to, like, not fucking cut weight. So, how are you feeling about this
1: match coming up? <laughs> I'm excited. Um, you know, I've known uh, Bays for over a decade. And I'm really pumped uh, to finally put it on the line with him. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've come up together. Super nice dude. And I think the uh, the thing that has me uh, most stoked is our uh, our difference in styles, right? So uh, it's it's going to be a good match. I am um, I'm really excited, really excited. Thanks, you. Yeah. Proud of me. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And dude, that's something I was thinking about this too. Is like, it's just
0: a, such a stylistic, different match. Like, we both know what you guys are gonna try to do to each other. We know Joe's gonna try to leg like, lock you. We know you're gonna try to take him down, get on top of him, and work your pressure game. Like, it's just a very interesting stylistic matchup. But like you talked about coming up with them, so you're training at Fight Sports now. Give us a little bit of your history of like where you came up, where you got your rank, and all that fun stuff before you transitioned to fight sports.
1: Yeah, so I met Joe in, the, in, in my beginning years. I was a white belt uh, training with uh, Robin Giesler in Columbus, Ohio, with a Helsing Gracie jiu-jitsu. And I stayed with Robin until I was a purple belt when uh, Vitor Oliveira from GF team came to town. And when he got his green card, um, you know, Robin's school wasn't really known well for being competition. Uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu. If it doesn't work in the street, it isn't Gracie Jiu Jitsu type of mentality. Had a had a really good uh, foundation with those guys. Um, again, I, I I love Robin. Uh, you know that's that's my my defense and and my foundation of my game. But when Vitor came came to town, it it um, it was apparent to me that it was time to make a change. And so uh, I went uh, and I started training with Vitor. Had my brown belts uh, awarded from. Uh, Vitor won uh, uh, Master worlds at Purple and Brown as well as Pan Am titles with Vitor. Uh, with and then um, I was relocated for uh, work purposes to Atlanta. And in Atlanta, I immediately linked up with uh, Roberto Travin and Jeff Boudreau of uh, team Roberto Travin, Brazza. And that's where I've been up until this last move. I, I am, uh, I'm a black belt under Traven um, as of, uh, so it's been three years as of December 22nd. And Travin has um, a very strong competition team. The, um, the, the game is completely different from what I'm used to. So I, I started to learn some new tricks of the trade uh, with uh, one of my main training partners there, uh, Chris and Doc Horosti. Uh, who is um, more of a half guard guy, uh, wrestler type, and deep half guard. So, so you know, all, all the things that used to beat me in competition, uh, Doc, uh, Doc Chris brought to the game. And so he became my my main training partner in Atlanta. And he and Boudreaux and, and Travid, uh rounded out my, my training core. Then I started to work with some leg lock guys, uh, out of, uh, out of Crichton, uh, MMA. And the, and the thing I loved most about uh, Atlanta was the, um, the, uh, the amount of the community embracing cross training. And so I trained with a lot with, uh, Paul Crichton's crew, uh, Chris Jones and Alex Judas and, uh, and T Driscoll, uh, some leg lock guys. And, you know, I've never been a leg lock guy, but I, I've, really studied a lot on how not to get in those entanglements because it's just not my preference right um you know it doesn't it doesn't speak to me as a passion and so you know understanding where i would be in trouble understanding how to um a, you know inflict my game and put put the match where i want it to be uh, I, I i pay a great tribute to the guys at uh Creighton mma for for helping me get there. And, and it doesn't stop there. I mean, I trained with uh, Ju um and the uh, Ardella brothers, Sergio and Paul, um, down at ATT and Jake Joe. Uh, you know, high-level jiu-jitsu guys that specifically focus on, uh, on the, the lower half of the body. But, uh, but, you know, what it really comes down to is um, I've been at Fight Sports for a set of months. And from the, from the first day I traveled down here, I knew this was home. I knew this is where I wanted to be. You know, it's like everything just came together. The the environment, the energy, the the passion, and, and, and the overall just feeling of camaraderie, not to say that it hasn't been at other teams, but when I came here, it was something different, right? And so my wife and I made the determination that because I'm working remotely, And I didn't have a a office that I had to go to. When her position transitioned into a similar role, we determined that hey, it's now or never. Let's do it. So we pulled the trigger on December first, and um, I've been at Fight Sports ever since. And I got to tell you, man, it's I've never been happier. I mean, across professionally, um, personally, jujitsu-wise, this has been the absolute best move of my career, of my life. I love it.
0: How could you not be happy when you're in fucking beautiful sunshine, Florida? I mean, look at you. you're having a fucking interview right now, drinking beer, listening to music down in Sunshine, Miami. Like, I don't know what else could make you happy, you know, but I mean, that's a, it seems like a very good place for you just because the number of heavyweights that have there. And I mean, obviously Cyborg, but Vic as well and all those other guys, like there's, there's some big guys over there, man. And it seems like good training partner
1: for you. Yeah, I got to tell you, Josh, that, um, you know, I, most training sessions I, I would win, um, even on the, on the, on the best match in Atlanta, I, I would win a high percentage of my training matches. When I came to fight sports, I'd be lucky to win one or two roles. And so the, the level of jiu-jitsu here is significantly higher than, well, especially concentrated on a specific team, is specifically higher than anywhere else that I've experienced our pro training is, is legit. It is, um, it is the toughest mat that I've ever been on. And I, and I count myself grateful. So, you know, I'm, I'm winning more. Um, You know, I'm proud to say that I'm starting to win a couple more matches than I used to, but it's, it's, it's never a day where you can take off, right? The pro training is exactly what it sounds like. It's hardcore, it's heavyweights and we're always looking to evolve our technique you know, we just don't come in and keep doing our A game. We're looking to increase our knowledge of jiu-jitsu and, and more than anything else, help everyone else out on the roof, right? I mean, that's what it's about.
0: Yeah, 100%. So I know you had success in the past in the gi as well as no gi. Are you kind of more focusing on the no gi? Right I, uh, I mean, it's not that fight sports is a strictly no gi I know that no gi classes, but competitively, it seems like you have a lot more success no gi.
1: You know, I, I really haven't felt that um, in being here. I I, I think that uh, equally uh, we train gi and nogi. Um, I I would say that there there are definitely guys on our mat that are uh, that are better in one discipline than the other. I do I do consider them different disciplines. It's it it's all based on the day. I mean, t- today was a nogi day, so today I like nogi better. Tomorrow's a gi day, I'll like the gi better tomorrow. So it's a you know beautiful thing is not to choose. If, uh, if I was offered a super fight tomorrow in the Gi, hell yeah, I'll take that too. And my training isn't going to change. I'm not going to train no Gi on Gi days just because I have this match coming up in the Gi. I'm going to keep it balanced because our curriculum has uh, that advantage of, of being just that. And for me personally, it all depends on the day, brother. Um, you know, I'll, I'll do Gi, no Gi, w- w- whatever the flavor is of the match, I'm in.
0: Yeah, awesome. So now that you're in Florida, I mean, it definitely has some more competitive advantages uh, as far as tournaments and stuff like that. Like I saw you at Just Kings the other day. Like, there's a lot more pro events down here. And I know in the past you've been very IBJJF heavy, and I, I see like since you've been down here, you've been doing Miami Open and stuff like that. Uh, are you starting to transition more into these like professional paid events now that you're down here? I mean, obviously you're going to keep competing with but is that something you want to try to get a little bit more into?
1: Josh, I just want to do jiu-jitsu, brother. I don't care if it's, uh, I mean, of course, I, I, I would prefer the super fight aspect of it, right? Um, you know, I money's never been my motivator for jiu-jitsu. I, I'm very blessed where I have a career that takes care of me well but um it uh, the the notoriety behind uh being a professional athlete uh it 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 does carry a little more weight with me but um regardless if there was if IBJJF launched uh you know a a tournament in 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 South Florida I'd be all anywhere really I mean it's I just want to compete I love putting it on the line I think that's where we get to grow our jujitsu the most is is during competition. That's where we get to see everything that we've been working on, those refinements and those extensions and you know continued development and upgrades of our jiu-jitsu, that's where we get to, to prove that technique, right? And so I'm always looking for that that ability to do just that. And ultimately what it comes down to is I just I love putting myself to the test, which is why I'm so interested and excited about you know this match that you've offered um you know joe is a formidable opponent and he's somebody that i don't take lightly whatsoever i am really excited to see how my game and my adjustments stack up against somebody of his pedigree
0: yeah it's really interesting because you guys have you're both very accomplished but on almost different aspects of jiu-jitsu you know joe went that ADCC route more of the submission only you went the average jeff route And like we said in the beginning, it's a clash of styles and you said you've been watching him since the beginning. You've been in similar areas and stuff like that. I mean, I guess the more question is like how do you feel about the rule set coming in against Joe cuz I know Joe voiced displeasure for EBI rules. I know when we were talking to you you guys both would have preferred it under a different rule set, but because it's a top tarot, we go under EBI rules. Like how have you competed in the rules in the past and like what do you think about the format and specifically him in that rule set?
1: So um, you know the, the the rule set is it, I I've I've always enjoyed a submission only format. That's always been my favorite. Um, but I would prefer a no-time-limit match, right? We just yeah. go until somebody quits, right? Um, I, that, that's my preference. Um, out, outside of that, I would prefer to be in a point setting, right, so that we're awarded based upon our dominant positions. Um, but, you know, what it really comes down to it is it's, it's not my show, Josh, and, and I will conform to whatever opportunity presents itself whether it be the ABC, the EDI, the IBJJF, the ADCC. I don't give a fuck. You know, let's, let's do jiu Just tell me what the rules are so that I can conform to them and make some adjustments and get my mind set, right? I think that's what it's all about, is having the mindset for those rules. And as long as you have your mind right, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't just jump into whatever opportunity jumps in front of us. You'll never see me run from a match because I don't like the rules. No, just, just match me up and let's go.
0: Yeah, that's something I've always liked about you. One of the reasons I thought about you for this match is, like, you and Joe both have that mentality. It's like, you guys don't give a shit what rule set it is. You're both going to go in there with the same mindset. And Joe yeah. even said, like, if this goes to overtime, he fucked up, you know? So, like, yeah. and I'm sure you have that mindset as well. Like, if you don't submit your opponent in regulation, he doesn't feel like he won, you know? And right. when yeah. you have to go to a golden score and EBI overtime and stuff like that, yeah. you did something wrong to get to that position.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with that mindset. I, you know, um, I, I even come into the IBAJF with a mindset of I, I would rather finish my opponent. Right. But uh, ultimately what it comes down to is I can't always finish. Yeah. So, you know, we have to play somewhat smart and I don't want to come into this match with that, Attitude. I've got 10 minutes to submit Joe. And so for 10 minutes, you're going to see me doing just that. I'm going to be looking to get to my positions where I can, you know, set up my submissions. I, I don't want to go to EDI over time. If, if the 10 minutes expires, I, I feel like, yeah, I fucked up. I should, I should have finished it, but you're going to, I'm going to switch my mindset back to, okay, now it's, it's overtime rules. Now let's, let's focus on that aspect of it. Right. All right. And, but I'm not looking for the ride time and you know, I'm not, maybe that shows my hand. No, I, I want to submit Joe. I don't want to win by a decision by the way of overtime. I want to submit the man. That's what I came to do. And that's what he's coming to do. So, so hopefully that's what we'll get the fans. We'll give them a great match, which ends in submission. You're
0: getting me fucking pumped up thinking about it because you guys are both saying the same exact shit. So I'm excited, man. All That's right, awesome. so one more question, and then I got some uh, fan questions. I'm going to let you go. So okay, one of the guys from Fight Sports that really does well in the EPI rules is Wagner. And I know he has his own school, but he shows up to your guys' pro training and stuff like that. Is that something in your mind to get a little bit more time with him? Because, dude, like he – they had to change the EBI rules because of him. Like I was in Craig Jones's quarter in the match where he had Craig on its he was on Craig's back for eleven minutes and then they changed right. and they capped the ride time because of that. Like if there's a right. guy to fucking train with for an EBI rule set, it's Wagner fucking Rocha. Like is that something you're trying to right. you're gonna plan to do a little bit or maybe at, take at a least three,
1: at least three times a week, my friend. <laughs>
0: fucking awesome. Yeah, Wagner's a good dude. I fucking love him. All right, so a couple questions from people watching. Quentin basically is saying shout-out to Chad, and he misses rolling with you. Yeah, yeah, one of the nicest guys in Atlanta. All right, so Michael has a question saying, what was the hardest thing in jiu-jitsu for you to grasp or took you longest to learn
1: Yeah, I'm um, going inverted. Um, I think uh, getting comfortable, getting up on my shoulders and uh, inverting. Um, and it was uh, a Cyborg uh, about 10 years ago that introduced me to the concept the during a seminar. Yep. And uh, I remember I was a blue belt at the time. Um, and, I, and I met Cyborg before at Pan Ams and Worlds. But um, it was uh, you know during that seminar that I realized that I had this gaping hole where I wasn't comfortable getting up on my nameplate, and so I, I think that it's um, that's an area where um, it was the hardest because it, it, it's very unnatural, right? And, and and so especially being a bigger guy, that's that's typically not a place that we want to be in. So it, th- that's a that's an area that it, it's it was hard for me to feel comfortable there and then d- develop um some aspects of my game from you know especially like guard retention i think is where it most comes in and then of of course attacking the lower part of the body so what did you start training jiu-jitsu uh october of 2008 and what age were you shit so i'm 43 now but actually if we go back you look good for fucking um, 43 Yeah, buddy, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, see, you know, we can do this all the time, Josh. Keep that up. Uh, So, you know, back that up. Um, In uh, the winter of 1996, uh, when Robin Giesler was a white belt, uh, I met him and Jeff Hudson, Dr. Jeff Hudson, at the Continental Tennis Club in Columbus, Ohio. And that was. and, and, and that's what it really came down to is uh, I went there, I had a month of jujitsu, but I was really young and my priorities were more on partying than anything else. And so when it came to pay dues, I put the priority on partying like a rock star rather than doing jiu-jitsu. So I got a month of jujitsu in 96 um, and then I was um, uh, reunited with it in uh, 2008.
0: So you were in your early 30s when you started jiu-jitsu. So did you start – were you a heavyweight then, or did you get bigger as you were training?
1: So I, I started to get bigger um, these past few years. Uh, you know, I did uh, super heavyweight uh, three years ago. My first tournament as a black belt, I, I fought at super heavy. But, man, Josh, I like to eat. I, my I do wife's too, a good. My wife's a good cook. I mean, a really good cook. And uh, for me, I reward myself with food, and so there's been a lot of success in my life, and and I just I haven't found the motivation to to get back to to super heavy, so ultra heavy life.
0: Dude, I'm I'm right there with you. My wife's Puerto Rican, so we're constantly eating rice and beans and fucking tostones and all the good shit that comes with it. But the reason I ask is because you talked about inverting, getting comfortable, playing off your back, like that's something most big guys have a problem with. So. I know. You're right. When I started, I was young, so I started at 16, and I was only like 175 pounds, so I was still big for 16. But I kind of grew into my body. I'm 26 now, so like I started at 170, I fought 185 for MMA, and now I'm like into the 230s. So I've always had like a little guy game as a big guy. And you're talking about the inversion game, and you train with Cyborg, who's one of those guys that has the tornado guard he's very dexterous and quick for a big guy he moves like a cat. like i don't know there's something no about heavyweights that can move like little guys that just scare the shit out of me
1: so um that's that's exactly where i am now i've been working a lot on my speed and my explosiveness and my plyometrics and my cardio because my goal is to move like Borg. he um he is a- an amazing athlete and, and specimen and a phenomenal leader but if, if I let Borg get underneath me, I'm swept period. That's it. He's going to sweep me. So that's, a, that's a big part of it is, you know, not letting him do that. But the other aspect of it is, is that the quickness and the speed that, that you see from our, our bigger athletes is not something you see typical in the ultra heavyweight bracket. So even though I've, I've been lifting a lot during COVID, I've been putting on some muscle I have not stayed away from my speed techniques. So, um, you know, that's, I think that's really important because in this division, being fast and having the stamina and the cardiovascular aspects of it, VO2 max increase, I think that's what separates the, the champion from the competitor's. In, in this uh, upperweight class.
0: I totally agree. And I'm going to have one more question for you before I let you leave. Do you think the strength conditioning program at Fight Sports with Maggie and all of them really has an emphasis on that? And do you attribute that to the ability of the bigger guys being able to move
1: as quickly as they do? A hundred percent. Coach Maggie is probably the, now she is. Coach Maggie is the best strength and conditioning coach I've ever worked with. And so much to that, You know, I have employed her for 6 a.m. workouts Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, My wife and I go and we train with Mag, so that it's individual attention and it's it's amazing. She is a phenomenal coach because everything that we do is jujitsu specific. It isn't about me just going in and deadlifting or benching or or squatting heavy anymore, right? It's about practical application of strength and conditioning. Maggie is a mad scientist at that shit. Most times I think she's trying to kill me, but, you know, when it's all said and done, I realize it was done out of love. So I uh, 100% agree that that our, our camp's ability to be fast and to be athletic, especially, you know, the bigger we are, has everything to do with the programming from Coach Maggie. That's awesome, man. All right, so is there anything you want to say or talk about before I let you go? Hey, man. You know, I'm just stoked to uh, to get professional jujitsu up and running again. I'm really excited about the opportunity to compete with you, and um, and especially against uh, Joe Bays. It's been a long time coming, and 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 I got to say that overall, I think that uh, if we just uh, keep focused on the positive aspects that that we can bring to our community, not just jujitsu, but just everywhere we are that we can put the rest of this bullshit on rest to the side. You know, I'm not a political guy. I just, I believe that if we just were good to each other and, and we make a conscious effort to be a good person that everything else will work itself out. So that's all I want to say is anybody listening to be a good person, man. That's it.
0: Awesome. That's a perfect way to end it, Chad. I appreciate you taking the time, man. I'm looking forward to having you guys compete on our show.
1: Thanks for having me, Josh. We'll see you soon, brother. All
0: right, so that was Chad Fields. He's taking on Joe Bay's July 18th with the Sapatero Heavyweight title. He is going to be uh, competing out of Fight Sports. Joe's out of the Nice Guy Submission Fighting in uh, Kentucky. Or sorry, he's from Gracie Owensboro in Kentucky. It's going to be a great match. Tickets are 20 bucks. Includes beverages. There's only 50 tickets available. You can get them on Eventbrite. Make sure you get in there and watch that match because it's going to be a great card. They're on the main event. We have the 155 qualifying tournament. The winner is going to take that eighth spot in the 155 division alongside Calistein, uh, Holly, Deggle, um, Keith, Werther, Mauricio Gomez, and Corey Brown. And, and That's going to be a great fucking division. And then also on the 18th, we have a 16 man open weight division as well. So it's gonna be a lot of great jujitsu. Make sure you get your tickets. If you're not going to watch live, you can watch live and free on Facebook and YouTube. And I'm really looking forward to having both those guys on my show. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow because I'm going to be having Emil Fisher and I'm going to be announcing his opponent. He already knows who it is and it's absolutely terrifying. So I can't wait to see him talk about this a little bit. So, Um, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. You guys stay safe. And remember, check out Liberty Ammo and NogiNation.com. All right. Bye, everybody.